Hello, my friends. I'm so excited because um, today is my 30th episode. 30th. So I began this 10 months ago, um, really over a year ago with an experimental recording with my friend Elise. She was such a good sport to to indulge me in wanting to do a podcast and sat and figured out how to record with me with Anchor. So thank you, Elise, for that. Um, you really launched me off the ground into doing this. But it took a few months before I really dove in, and that was 10 months ago. And um, today marks the 30th episode that I have recorded on my own in one take, no editing, um, free flowing thoughts, um, and this really like journey I've been on to use another buzzword. It has been a journey. It's had highs and lows. The highs and lows continue. I've been so thankful to share it with you. It's really given me this beautiful, cathartic, funny, just wonderful space where while I may be alone on my couch or in my car recording this, I send it out there and I know that you're with me and I feel you with me. And I get so much wonderful, amazing, encouraging feedback from so many of you. And I just am so thankful for that. And as I always say, so honored to be able to do this and know that it touches your lives in some way. And so thank you for that. And um, so on this 30th episode, I want to announce that the Because Why Not podcast is now on Patreon, which if you listen to um, other podcasts, you may know that Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N, is a website where creators, creatives, um, can... Uh, essentially get funding for and and build their creative businesses, um, hopefully in such a way that their creative businesses um, sustain them and they're able to create full time. So one of my biggest goals for 2020 is to make Because Why Not a real focus. And um, as I do that, that means figuring out how to monetize it. So on Patreon, that's a place where listeners can become members of the podcast or any podcast you really love. Um, and podcast is only one form of media that's on there, but um, that's where listeners can become um, supporters and members of whatever they listen to and whether it's a dollar a month or you know, $3 or $5 a month. It's a way to contribute to the creative process and help sustain the creative endeavors that you, um, enjoy, because as you know, you enjoy podcasts freely. So, um, it's on Patreon, Patreon backslash, because why not podcast? Um, I just want to share that with you. And, uh, I'm excited that I'm in the next, level of working on elevating this process, which means, um, acquiring, uh, advertisers and, um, acquiring advertisers means, um, fine tuning your message and figuring out exactly who your audience is and what your message is. And it's been really interesting thinking about these 30 episodes and really to whom I'm speaking 
Like, who are you? You know, I know who so many of you are. Um, and I don't know who so many of you are. And while there is this demographic of, you know, 30s and 40 somethings who are maybe moms, entrepreneurs, um, working people, um, or into self-help, health and wellness, um, mindfulness, meditation, yoga, sober curiosity, mindful drinking, humor. Um, I mean, there are all these things, you know, and I feel like what just popped up for me is like, I need to create a Venn diagram and like see where the bubbles intersect, you know, because um, there are these universal messages that I am sharing that I think so many people can benefit from and that uh, speak to so many different kinds of people. But of course my messages are colored by the fact that, or influenced by the, the fact that I'm a 43 year old woman, I'm a mother, uh, I'm white. I don't know. Do you know that I'm white? I don't know if that has any, you know, influence on it, but I mean, just acknowledging all the things about me and who I am and my station in life, literally my station in life, I'm sitting in an SUV, in a cul-de-sac in suburbia. Um, so, you know, all those things inform the messages that I share because that's who I am. And, um, so anyway, I've been fine tuning my message and really focusing on who my audience is. And, um, I would love to hear some feedback from you in whatever way. Um, you can email me at gracebeesoncoaching at gmail.com. You may be able to leave comments on Patreon, but you can certainly write reviews wherever you, um, listen to the podcast and rating the podcast and leaving reviews is so, 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 so super helpful in terms of this podcast, getting recognition and getting into more people's hands. And I would so appreciate if you did that, if nothing else, I would be so appreciative. But the other thing is that I'd love to hear from you about, um, your takeaway, like what is the common theme or some common threads that you, uh, find to be woven through these podcasts. So, um, one thing that Courtney shared with me months ago, which was actually really enlightening to me is that there's this common thread throughout all of the podcasts about like self-awareness, self-acceptance, self-love. And I kind of hadn't realized that, but that's true. Every single thing I'm doing, sharing, telling is, um, to, I guess, highlight personal growth, my own personal growth and greater sense of self-love and self-acceptance, self-worth, self-confidence moving forward in life, but also to impart that onto you and say like, there is a different, better way to go about this, or here's a new idea and you deserve to be happy and you are worthy and take this and run with it. So that was really helpful to hear that. Um, anyway, I'll stop there with that because I want to launch into this um, message today that's floating on my mind. You know, how it goes with me is that I'll be really thinking about a podcast. I'll want to do a podcast. I'll think about what I've been experiencing this week. Like what's really like swirling in my head. What's like either bubbling up through my heart or sitting heavily on my heart. 
And then stories, anecdotes, anything I've learned, things that are driving me crazy, whatever. And all of a sudden I reach a moment where it bubbles up and it pops out. And that's where I am. So I'm going to try and share all this with you before I have a little eight-year-old come out of the garage and ask me where I am because I have a second grader home from school this week with strep, which is awesome. And then the little guy, six-year-old, was home uh, because he had impetigo, which is staph infection, y'all. I mean, is there anything grosser um, on his face? So they're both on antibiotics. It's great. They've been home all week. I've uh, you know, you have to like restructure your whole week. Like your week is not your own. Your week is your children's illness, but, um, that's okay. That's life. Tis the season. It's January season for germs. And, um, I always love how they turn into like squishy little babies when they're sick. They just really want to be snuggled and I'm all down for that. So, but I'm going to get interrupted. I'm sure here in a few minutes. So let me get started on what's on my mind. And what's so crazy is that, um, it just popped into my head this word, lies, 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 lies. The lies we tell. The lies we tell ourselves. The lies we tell others. And I do think this is an interesting follow-up to the last episode on authentic living. And the real, like, you know, let's say personal growth and development, self-helpy, um, side of the stick is authenticity. So it's about, um, living as your authentic self, identifying your core values, um, and really like speaking and living the truth about what you want, what you need, who you are advocating for yourself, um, putting your feelings first, um, you know, and figuring out the way to live a life that is very true to all of that. And um, it's the antidote, um, and an antidote to an antithesis of living in a way that is inauthentic or where you are um, creating or living a life that is not what feels good to you, but rather what you believe is expected of you and what other people want from you, um, and making decisions day by day by day that make other people happy, whether it's, um, what you're doing for a living. And again, I understand we need jobs. We need to make money. We don't always have jobs that are, you know, fulfilling our heart's desires, although that would be the goal. And we'll just put a pin in that. But, um, you know, whether it's a job you're doing, um, committees you join, let's say, um, that you don't really want to be doing, but you think you should, it's all the shoulds. Like you don't, um, feel good about the friends you're hanging out with, but, um, you want to make them happy. So you think about that first. Um, or you, um, let's say don't want to go home for Christmas because your parents make you unhappy and miserable, but you go because you want to make them happy or, um, I don't know what it is. I mean, I think you get it. You get it. I'm trying to come up with all these examples, but living inauthentically is essentially living according to someone else's rules, whoever that someone is. It could be cultural, could be your community, could be your extended family, your immediate family, your friends. Um, and so taking off the cloak of, 
everyone else's expectations of you is, I think, in a nutshell, what I've done this year. You know, my whole thing that I keep repeating about setting myself free at 43, it was releasing everyone else's expectations of me and figuring out what I want first and how to achieve that. Um, knowing that my own personal connection and joy and, um, yeah, just my own personal joy needed to be the ultimate goal. And from there, all of the good things come, which means for me, strong, healthy marriage, happy, healthy children, um, strong, honest relationships, finding a new career, figuring out what makes me feel happy and healthy in terms of releasing alcohol, yada, yada, yada. You get it. Like it's the same old song and dance I've been talking about now for 10 months. Um, so that is embracing authenticity, releasing expectations, identifying your core values and figuring out how to implement them into your life. Okay, guys, that was a long run on sentence. So the other side of that is living inauthentically, which means living according to other people's hope streams, you know, expectations of you first and foremost, what your culture, community, friends, family, world thinks you ought to be doing. So this is like the big should bubble, like how many of you are living your life or any portion or percentage of your life according to shoulds? I think the answer is all of us. I do a lot of things every day for my family that I should do, let's say, like get them to school on time, help them make sure they do their homework, feed them vegetables, whatever it is, make sure they get good sleep. Um, But the interesting thing is when you look at the things that you are doing because you quote unquote should be doing them and you figure out if they are also things you want to do. So there's the need versus want. There's the should. I should do this or I believe in doing this. You know, so most of the things I do let's say, should do these days, I also want to do. So how many things are you doing because you feel you should do them, but you don't want to? So I'm going to leave you with that to think about. I think that's a really important, significant question and thing to identify and make a list, make a list. And maybe one by one, you can commit to doing one less thing each month that you do because you feel you should, because you feel it's expected of you. There's some sort of external obligation or that you make this choice to do something because you're receiving external validation from it um, rather than internal validation, which means it doesn't make you feel good, but you do it because you care what other people think about it. So that's that. Let's get back to lies, the juicier thing. Um, 
which is related to authenticity. So I guess I've just started noticing how much people lie. And it's pretty wild. And in the spirit of authenticity, I'm going to tell you how much I used to lie my whole life. You know, we learn about, um, I think when we're growing up and as adults, we learn about or talk about white lies, like lies that don't hurt anybody. Like, no, I didn't eat the last cookie from the bag. Right. That's not going to like disrupt anyone's livelihood. Um, but you show sure enough ate the last cookie. I know I did. Um, or let's see, um, a white lie. Like you tell a friend like, oh yeah, I went to yoga five times last week. That may be an embellishment, but that's one to look at. Like, why am I telling someone that I went to yoga five times when I went twice? Like that's inauthentic and a lie. Like, what do I want them to believe? What am I trying to create? What's the story? Um, or it could be that, um, oh yeah, so-and-so did invite me to their party, but I'm just not going when you didn't get an invitation. And what are you doing there? You're creating a story that you were included, that you um, just didn't want to go. That's self-protection. So, you know, I think the lies we tell, to state the obvious, shine a huge bright light on who we are, how we're feeling, what is the story we're telling, and what's the world we want to create artificially in our minds that we want to put out there and have be believed by people around us. It's pretty eye-opening. So I'll start with me. I have lied my whole life. Let's start with lying about my weight. I know that I started that in second grade. I don't, I remember the first time my weight was ever announced out loud in second grade. I weighed 70 pounds. We were measuring our height and our weight. I was mortified. And from that moment on, obviously there was some programming there at that age, at my seven or eight year old age about, you know, what your weight is defines who you are in some way or validates your worth. And I felt that that was heavy and that I was bad and that's where the lying started. So I think all kinds of things started there. And that's another subject about bodies and self-image and programming as a child about that kind of stuff. But yeah, so I started lying about my weight in second grade. I've always lied about my weight. Um... I can't think of a time when I've ever been truthful about it. And it's funny because I had a conversation with my friend about how honest is too honest on this podcast, because I am doing this podcast in the spirit of authenticity, growth, transparency, sharing who I am so that we can all be more brave and um, live happier, more honest, more um, full lives. Um, and so I've shared a lot, but my friend, I think out of protection of me was pointing out like, you know, you don't have to share everything. Not, not everyone who let's say is on some sort of public stage or platform 
shares everything. And we were joking about like, well, I would never share my weight on the podcast. And then there was a moment where I thought, well, is the ultimate form of freedom when I share my weight on the podcast? Okay. I'm going to go ahead and say no, like, no, thank you. There are things that belong to us. I, as a 43 year old white woman in America, my weight is one of them. It's associated with a lot of shame, pain, self-worth stuff that I've done a lot of work on, but, um, you know, saying the number out loud still feels uncomfortable because of the life I've lived. And it also just sort of feels like no one's business. Another thing, but, but so just to say that I've always lied about it, like the only time that anyone has ever heard the true number was when I was pregnant with one of my kids and my husband was in the room with me with the nurse and she said, okay, so when you got pregnant, you weighed X amount. And I was like, like, and I burst into tears because I had been exposed and he knew how much I weighed when I got pregnant. And I literally sat there and I was like, I'm going to be judged. What's the feeling about a lie being exposed? So if you tell a lie because you want to create the false perception that something is a reality in your life, like i.e. I've always weighed 125 pounds, it's never changed, that's a lie. Huge, huge lie. Um, But I'm telling it because I think you'll think I'm better if I've always weighed 125 pounds or whatever it is, right? So when the lie, when the, when the, when the lid is ripped back off the lie, there you are standing naked, you're exposed. The truth is out. And why is that scary? You're not going to love me anymore. You're not going to see me in the same way. You're going to think I'm bad. You're going to think I'm less than you're whatever it is. That's the fear of lies being exposed. Am I right? Think of a lie you always tell or have always told. Why do you tell it? What's your intention behind telling it? What's your fear at the lie being exposed? I would venture to say that the fear of the lie being exposed always has the common denominator of fear of not being loved. If people know the truth about you, there's some semblance of that underneath every lie we tell. So for me, my weight, um, Oh guys, I've lied about how much money I have in my wallet, how much I have in my bank, um, because I've associated a lot of shame with not having enough as I thought I should or could or would. Um, money is something I'll do a podcast on here coming up soon because I've been doing major, major work on um, like the spiritual relationship with money and unplugging a lot of personal blocks I have with it. And I think it's fascinating and super, 
super relatable to people, whether you grew up in abundance or you grew up in scarcity. Um, the, the soul, the spirit's relationship with money and the way you've treated it your whole life is wow. Just deeply connected to the way you grew up, um, and things you were taught. And I think there's a lot to learn there, but so I've lied, I lied for years. I've lied for years about money. Um, and that's all self-protection, make myself feel better about whatever it is. Um, gosh, I lied about many times. I don't want to say many times. Let's just say I lied about being, uh, fooling around on boyfriends, not having done that lied. Um, wow. I probably through the years lied about being invited to things when I wasn't. I'm sure I did because I wanted to always feel included. Oh, how could I have forgotten this? I'm watching a hawk circle around in the sky. It's pretty cool. Um, definitely a million percent lied about how much I drank for years. You know, I may not have been drinking a bottle of vodka quietly, privately in a closet or in my car. Um, but certainly lied about how many drinks I had always lied about how hungover I was or wasn't because the more hungover meant I had drunk more. So I would pretend like I wasn't hungover. Um, Oh, I mean a million times. That's probably the biggest lie. I would lie to, you know, my husband about that. Anyone who asked or cared I would lie to myself about that. That's the bigger thing. Like, what are the lies you're telling yourself? If you're not telling yourself the truth, that's a really big thing to look at and a really, really significant place to begin. Um, you got to get straight with yourself, honest with yourself, authentic with yourself. A number one, in order to have any sort of truthful and loving relationship with yourself, much less with anyone else. So, um, yeah, I mean, I've lied about a million things. I lied about having read books and I would read the cliff notes and write the papers. Um, I, oh, now I'm sitting here trying to think about lies I've told in my life. That's kind of a crazy place to be in. So I won't, um, I didn't think about this list ahead of time. So I won't make you suffer as I excavate my whole life of untruth. Um, but let me just say that I have lied a lot in my life. And I think that that, uh, is probably relatable. If you're really honest with yourself, I think it's probably relatable. And I think there are big lies, like let's say, cheating. Um, and there are white lies like about your weight. Um, cause you're not going to, you know, potentially hurt anyone by saying that you weigh however much less than you really do. Um, the money lies, those are lies you tell yourself a million percent. The money lies are lies. I told myself, which then translated into lies. I guess I told people, I don't know specifically who I was telling, but it was a deep lie I was telling myself because I wanted the reality to be different. 
So that brings up probably the most important point. Like what lies are you telling because you want your reality to be different? And I've noticed the lies that people around me tell. And it's everything from serious stuff, like whether or not they are drinking, how much they're drinking, when and how, and their lies about drinking less because they want for that to be the truth. Um, So they're lying to themselves and then lying to others. Um, Lies about the reality of of one's life as it relates to their relationship with their partner or husband, um, and how really bad it actually is, but telling a lie about it being a relationship, being a good relationship, being a functional relationship, um, when it's not. Um, I have been witnessing that around me a lot lately to varying degrees with many people, same with drinking. And, um, so those feel like two really big ones, um, that must be very relatable for people our age, getting back to the audience, you know, women, I guess women and men in your thirties, forties, you may have been together, married for 15, 20 years. Um, things are changing, growing or falling apart. Um, you're at a place in life where you're either, you know, doing great and seemingly financially prosperous because you've been in the workforce for 20 years, um, or you're not, and that feels uncomfortable. So there are lies to tell about that. You're in a place in life where you have been, um, probably drinking, um, regularly for over 20 years. And so that relationship is one of two things, either healthy or not. And so you tell yourself lies about that. Um, the same can go with food. The same could go with sex relationships. The same goes with social standing. So lying about a husband or wife or partner's job in order to, um, make it seem that they have a better job than they do or that their life and therefore your life is more successful and happy than it is. Um, and I do think people also lie about their children at this stage of the game and how well they're doing in school, how well they're doing socially, how well they're doing with activities. Um, because there is this really real and deep thing about, um, people seeking external validation through their children. So lies are told about children. So yeah. Can you relate to any of this? Do you see or notice or feel people around you lying? Do you lie? Why do you think they lie? Why do you think you lie? Why do you think they embellish? Are embellishments okay? I think certain embellishments are okay. Like, like rounding up. Like, for example, if I did 19 weddings and events in a year, I'm certain I told everyone I did 20 things like that. Give it a nice round number, you know, whatever it is. Like I, that's the one that comes to mind right now that I'm certain I've embellished about. Um, 
I think in thinking about lying, because I think I can sum this up and kind of leave this right here with you. Otherwise, I'll start repeating myself. Um, I think this is the message. Like this is what's popped up for me and is the really interesting thing to start thinking and feeling about is as grown human adults who have been living in the world for decades and have been functional or participating adults in society out of college, let's say for 15 to 20 years. So are you my audience? I think you are. Um, we know what's a lie and what's not. And we know how it feels to lie. And I think if we get really honest and authentic with ourselves, we understand why we tell the lies we tell to ourselves and others. And I think it's something worth really spending some time on and identifying the biggest ones that we continue to tell and how they're related to meeting expectations that others have of us, how we're trying to fit into society, friend groups, family, how we're trying to people please, placate, fit in. And the lies we tell ourselves, the most important lies to start looking at are the lies we tell ourselves, particularly when it comes to lying about very impactful, important, significant things like how much you are consuming of things that are hurting you, hurting those around you hurting your body, your mind, your soul, your spirit, when it comes to drugs and alcohol, if you're lying about how much you're consuming, that is a huge thing to look at. And God knows I know it's hard, but that's a huge one. Lying about money, lying about social stuff in order to fit in, um, lying about Jobs you don't have, experiences you're not really experiencing, um, ways you're not feeling, lying to yourself about feelings, lying to yourself about the way people make you feel, um, lying about what your heart really wants and denying it and saying that, no, I actually really want this other thing. Um, it's so much deeper than inauthenticity. You know, we have to uncover the lies and start telling ourselves and others the truth in order to even begin to think about living an authentic life. Um, so I think it's really eye-opening to notice uh, people you love, people you know, people around you, and um, you start noticing the untruths, the embellishments. And I'm not talking about judging. I'm not talking about saying that person's a liar. You know, I have heard this week three big lies, untruths, embellishments come out of mouths of people that I care about. And what it said to me is they're hurting. Like I hear 
that embellishment happening because they're hurting and they don't want to tell themselves the truth or others the truth. So it's, I'm empathizing. I'm asking that we maybe take a moment to stop and think about that, about our own lives, because we owe it to ourselves to be open, honest, truthful. And then certainly when you get to the end of that road, authentic, um, it is worth the work. It's worth the discomfort. I can tell you that. Um, I'm not talking about excavating all the lies from your past and calling your boyfriend from when you were 23 and telling him that you fooled around with someone else. Like we don't need to unearth the past because sometimes when you tell the truth to someone, it's just for your own benefit and it's just going to hurt someone. Um, whatever it is about. So we don't need to be unearthing things that are decades old just to um, make ourselves feel better and release things. But let's, let's commit to this today. Just looking at it, thinking about it, feeling about it. Maybe you can identify one real solid lie that you tell others or yourself. Think about what that is. And listen, if I'm here all alone, as the only one who's ever lied consistently throughout my life or embellished, then wow, good on ya, friends. Um, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you. Way to be living an authentic, wholehearted life. You are already there. You don't need me or this podcast, but maybe you um, found it interesting to listen to um, some of my salacious uh, tales of lying. Um, but yeah, I'm going to leave you with that because I'm sitting outside in the car with the car off because I ran out of gas, the gas lights on. So I didn't want to run out of gas in the cul-de-sac and I took off my puffy jacket so that it wouldn't make puffy jacket noises as I moved around. So I'm cold and, um, it's time to go inside and thank you for being here with me. Um, I hope this was interesting for you and gives you some food for thought. And again, I'd be so grateful to hear from you. Um, I'd be really so thankful if you would leave a review wherever you listen to this, because it really does help. If you go to Apple podcasts, Google cast, there's this great one called breaker which is the first um, podcast platform where it's um, got a social media component where you can share the things you listen to with your friends. Um, I also love Stitcher. Um, gosh, there are so many wherever you listen to it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for, you know, sharing this 40 minutes with me. And um, I love hearing your feedback. I love hearing that you listen to me. Um, no matter who you are, even if I have a cringy moment when you look me in the eyes and say, I listened to your podcast and I know that you've just sat there and listened to me talk about how I've lied about my drinking and money and money and men. Um, I am thankful for you listening and I just am sending out big love and hugs to all of you, all of you. Thank you. And I'll be back with you again soon. Take some time for yourself. Even if it's only 10 minutes, there's an amazing Deepak Chopra morning meditation on YouTube that is six minutes long. You can sit there and do it in your bed before you start your day. And it's a really, really good, quick, easy one. Um, and um, yeah, I'll leave you with that. 
Bye. Lots of love to you. Bye.